Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. I think a lot of these companies are looking at how do you scale food to be affordable, but not necessarily always as nutritious for their consumers. And that's one of the missions of Chobani is not just better food for all, but like how do we actually provide nutritious and delicious food that's affordable? So real natural ingredients, food that's made better, it's still wonderfully tasty and flavorful, but also good for you and affordable. And that's the thing that I think a lot of these big companies haven't been able to do at scale. And that's certainly a mission that we're on and I think are getting to a scale that we can have huge impact. So that's another conversation, but I did want to say that. I just so passionately believe that, and that's certainly what our company is all about. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. think a tech company and a CPG company have in common? That's like the intersection of brave commerce, I suppose. Um, we're tech companies. We work with CPGs. <laughs> it's a great question. And it's it's interesting also. I don't know about you, but like we have clients that are in the tech space. We have clients that are in the CPG space. How they're organized, how they think, their mindset is just so different. Yeah, the DNA of a company has everything to do with the culture and how they operate. So totally tracking. I mean, when you first started your career, you were working at a tech agency enabling a CPG. Mm -hmm. And think about any kind of struggles you might have in trying to connect the dots even in that. But are there commonalities? I think desire to win for the customer should hopefully be the core commonality, right? Because at the end of the day, you're building a business to serve someone and serve someone's need. It's really similar to, I think, how people describe, even though I'm not a parent yet, parenting today, which is that as a parent, your culture, your media consumption is so similar to your kids. You're both on TikTok. You're both on Spotify. And so it allows you to be equally connected in the same universe. And I share that because I'd like to think that CPG brands and tech companies all can leverage the same type of technology to run their PL and their organizations. And so they should actually look more similar than they do different today. And that that is certainly converging a bit. Talent plays a really important role in that. If you keep hiring from your same vertical, then you're just going to end up having iterations of thoughts, not necessarily exponential outside in type thinking. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. I think there's a CPG portfolio that we've all been watching for a long time because the founder has really strong values, is a force in the market, and that's Chobani. And they've been on a growth spree. Like They're more than yogurt now. They're moving into other aisles within the store. And they also recently did a, a pretty awesome acquisition acquiring La Colombe, the coffee company that was based out of Philadelphia. Yeah. And as they think about their staff, Hamdi as their CEO is somebody who is so values driven and so high integrity that the people that he brings in on it, his leadership team, everything comes with a high degree of intentionality. And I think his uh, most recent selection for a CMO is no exception to that at all. Absolutely. And, and you and I did not know Thomas prior to this interview, probably because he hasn't spent the last 20 years within a CPG organization. In fact, he's spent the bulk of his career in big tech at places like Google and Uber. So it's really refreshing to hear his take on what it's like to scale a CPG organization at this inflection point, knowing that his frame of reference is really operating within big tech. Well, I guess we'll see the similarities and differences in just a minute. Hey, Thomas. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited. I feel like you're my morning. Chobani has been a part of my life every morning of my life for as long as I remember. So it's a true honor. Good. Keep that up. And maybe we can add you to your afternoon as well with like Flip or Creations. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into the portfolio strategy. You're right. <laughs> I'm a living case study of you trying to extend my lifetime value. Awesome. Brave Commerce, and I know you've listened to the show, we get a lot of CPG C-suite executives onto the show, like yourself, but your background is not classic CPG. You know, before Chobani, you came from Uber and Google. So when you look at some of your colleagues in the space that have, you know, probably had 20 plus years of CPG experience, what advantages and learning curves do you feel like you had stepping into your new role at Chobani? Yeah. First of all, thank you again for having me on the show. I don't consider myself classical anything, really. I mean, even before I was a tech marketer, I was in public policy, I was in I was in government, I was a consultant. So I love kind of drawing from a lot of different categories and experiences, which I think is what makes the CMO job so interesting, particularly as it continues to evolve. I also think of myself as a builder. I've always been in a, you know, a drawn to kind of really gnarly business problems at pivotal points for a company. I'm drawn to companies where the mission and the product is something I just fundamentally believe in. And Chobani has all that, as did Google, you know, in many ways, as did Uber. Chobani, to me, is like this perfect intersection of profit and purpose, like a company that has huge momentum and huge heart and a really interesting time to grow. And I think there are a lot of really interesting similarities between Chobani, actually, and Google. When I got here, I didn't actually expect the company to feel more like a tech startup than a CPG company. So even having you introduce me or refer to me as a CPG executive is a little bit sort of jarring because <laughs> we don't really even like to look at ourselves as a CPG company, certainly not a traditional CPG company, right? We have- Sorry to scare you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm trying to get used to it. The parallels to when I joined Google in 2010 are so, so interesting. Like still founder-led company, right? Where when I joined Google, Larry and Sergey still at the helm. Company that had early product market fits, a huge momentum. That's what happened with Greek yogurt. Hamdi saw, our founder Hamdi saw a trend in the market really early and jumped on that. And obviously brought a lot better profit to market, less sugar, more natural ingredients, more flavors. The brand was built by the DNA of our founder, like Larry and Sergey's personalities show up 
in the I feel lucky button and all the kind of quirks of search. Actually, I was thinking about this today. Google grew because of distribution. I mean, that was really a large element of Google's growth, getting placed in toolbars across the web. You know, we've been very distribution-led growth for the last 10 or 15 years, obviously earning the trust of our retail partners and getting more shelf space as the brand had and the product had a lot of demand. And then I think this one's the most interesting, and I didn't expect this at all. Like software companies, right? They innovate by launch and iterate, right? You put things out and see how they work. And if they do well, you kind of expand them well. As a packaged food company, we've done the same thing. Our innovation has been very much try new things, put them on the shelf. We don't necessarily invest a whole lot yet in marketing and see what sticks. Now we're trying to get a bit more disciplined than that, but that had been the approach for a while. And so now we're at the same point where we've got to grow. We've got to get to the next level. We have huge ambitions to be more than a yogurt company, to bring in new brands like La Cologne, to continue to delight people and be there for them in their lives. And so we've got to do things differently, which is why I'm here. And I think what I'd love to do is figure out how to bring the best of CPG, which I'm learning and trying to learn fast, with the best of tech. I think CPG is consumer first, insight driven, right? Really understands the shopper and the shopper experience. But I think tech is innovation obsessed, digitally led, is test and learn, move quickly, break things, see what works. And I think if you could find a way to bring those things together, I think this is the kind of modern marketing organization in air quotes that everyone seems to be talking about. What do you think is preventing that from happening today? (laughs) Well, I mean, the CPG category, first of all, I think you have really large companies that have very established ways of working. And this is what I'm learning, right? Which is in some ways their brilliance and in other ways their challenge. Very kind of process-driven, very marketing-led versus consumer first and thinking about how to stay on top of current trends and innovate and sort of see what works. So I think there's a lot of kind of just large bureaucratic processes that protect a certain level of rigor, but maybe at the cost of moving fast and trying things. I think second is the whole shopping journey has been completely you know, turned on its head. This was happening before COVID, but obviously COVID accelerated this tremendously, kind of acceleration to digital and kind of the role that digital is playing in the whole shopping journey. And I think that's another thing where you have to be able to adapt quickly, be able to read data almost on a daily basis, like a tech company, like an Uber and Google, right? And be able to respond to those kind of current trends in the market and personalize at a level of detail and individualization that I think big mass CPG companies haven't been built for. And so it's breaking that tradition, if you will, and those established processes and being much more kind of digitally nimble than I think those companies have have had to be to date. Now, it's not to say they're not doing well and so lots of great things are happening, but I think we're at the size and scale and mindset that I think can adapt to that even better. I love the way you tie in the whole idea of mindset. I'm thinking about it through the lens of like you as an individual join companies at certain life stages where like things are going good, but like if you need accelerated growth, you're the guy to call. So you are making choices based on something that you believe has a really good product market fit, but still has a higher ceiling than where things are. So it does seem like you as an individual are the stock to bet on, which is uh, just you know a little pressure for you and not necessarily a stock tip that I am providing to any of our listeners or anything like that. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Something interesting you just kind of talked about, which I didn't think we would get to, the whole idea of being digitally led, I think, struck a lot of CPGs when COVID hit, when people stopped shopping aisles and started shopping keywords. In some cases, that became almost like a sidebar conversation, but people were still talking about planograms. As you step into this digitally more advanced world, but still in the world of CPG, how do you see that reconciliation kind of coming play? You're in a better for you category, which means that you can play in any aisle. You don't have to be imperishable. You don't have to be like, you could pretty much be anywhere in a keyword but you are still a victim of, well, there are worse things than being a victim of the perimeter of the store as somebody who's on the board of a center of store company. But that all being said, it's a very different mindset when you're shopping by keyword versus aisle. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, first of all, I want to say like, I think there's a lot to learn and respect about the CPG category. So I don't mean to kind of belittle, undermine that because these are large enterprises that produce food at scale for Americans every single day. And frankly, the distribution and delivery in the retail is like, a, it's an operationally challenging business as I'm learning it, right? And so I don't mean to belittle that. <laughs> I mean, I would just say that one of the funniest things is in tech, you can fail fast. In food, you can fail fast on like an innovation, but like there's a lot more rigor that goes into the stuff you put in your mouth versus the stuff you put on your phone. As there should be. <laughs> Please. I appreciate that level of scrutiny and security. Yeah. But anyway, as you were. Yes. But even on that, as we talk about, you know, food that's better for you and sorry, now we're going to be on a tangent for a second is I think a lot of these companies are looking at how do you scale food to be affordable, but not necessarily always as nutritious and necessarily delivering the best ingredients for their consumers. And that's one of the missions of Chobani is not just better food for all, but like, how do we actually provide nutritious and delicious food that's affordable, right? So real natural ingredients, food that's made better, it's still wonderfully tasty and flavorful, but also good for you and affordable. And that's the thing that I think a lot of these big companies haven't been able to do at scale. And that's certainly a mission that we're on. And I think are getting to a scale that we can have huge impact. So that's another conversation, but I did want to say that because I, I just so passionately believe that. And that's certainly what our company is all about. But this is what I'm learning about the CPG category to your question is like people don't actually shop in store, they buy in store. And so they're influenced by a whole lot of other considerations that play into their mindset, both rational and irrational, right? That then leads them to the decisions they make in a very impulse or a very quick way when they're actually in the aisle. 
So that's an important feature. There are certain categories like ours where people actually do buy online because it is a very consistent, reliable product with a lot of trust. And so you don't necessarily need to go into the store as much, although we're a fresh product. And so we actually do drive a lot of traffic into store, but you could see buying a lot of these products digitally and having them delivered to your door. And there's incredibly slow to change elements, as you say, like we talk about the resets. That's something I've had to learn very quickly that resets in dairy are, are once, maybe twice a year. And so your ability to put new things on the shelf and change the way you want to show up that important moment is a slow to change process that has a lot of other factors operationally that play into it. And so I think the opportunity now to, to be in people's lives in other channels and other ways is is the opportunity, as you say, keyword searches, the ability, I think, now to take the data and the insights from these retail media platforms and apply those elsewhere outside the retail media platforms, I think is one of the biggest opportunities, right, where we can partner with a Kroger or a Walmart and understand our consumer and the shopper in a much deeper way and connect to them from those insights everywhere else to then bring them back to that point of shopping. So I know I just think there's huge opportunities for even more disruption and innovation. Completely agree. And frankly, it's so interesting 10, 12 years ago, we were talking about the importance of social listening, and we were using Google to understand search-informed insights. What are the keywords that people are using? And when we saw Twitter was basically just the world's largest focus group, and here you've got ratings and reviews, which is literally telling you, what do you think of our new innovations and our new flavors? So the insights that you can get from your digital shelf footprint will most certainly help if you're listening, which is kind of important to that end. As you think about the limitations of the reset versus the dynamicism of digital. How do you change the mindset of the teams within your organization to understand and to act with a different degree of, let's say, agility than might have been the case just a couple of years ago? Yeah. I mean, I think the good news on this, and this kind of gets back to my point on Chobani feels more like Google felt in 2010 than maybe what Unilever feels like today, is that we already have that mindset. We've always been in an agile, move quickly, like launch and iterate mindset. And I think the good news is we've built a lot of trust with our retail partners such that they give us permission, even more so they invite us in to innovate kind of quicker. And we just went to FMI last week, you know, show them a bunch of innovations. And I can't tell you to a meeting, everyone said, can I be first? to bring that to shelf. And that's just a very special place to be because people do love our product and we've been good partners for our retailers. And I take no credit for that because I'm new. So I think we actually have that mindset. Now it's how do we work with our partners, our retailers as partners to then, you know, show up in different ways and potentially, you know, as we think about moving Trebani into new aisles, how do we maybe get them to reimagine those aisles in the way that the products show up so that we can do some innovation that hopefully leads the whole category forward, which is what we've done with you know Greek yogurt and what we hope to do with oat milk and creamer. So I think that's the opportunity is to figure out how to partner better with our retailers to make that happen. You touched on a few things there that I would like to double click. One's on the portfolio strategy. <laughs> so we, we opened up by saying, like, I start my morning with you and you're like, well, how about the afternoon too? <laughs> it seems like Chobani's at an inflection point of flexing new growth levers. And some of those new growth levers are entering new categories. Can you tell us more about the portfolio strategy? Yeah. And this comes back to my analogy again between Chobani and Google. You know, when I joined Google in 2010, Google was already more than a search company, but everyone still thought Google search. 15 years into our growth, people think of us as a Greek yogurt company, but we're already more than yogurt, right? And how do we help people see us as more than that and invite us into more parts of their lives and their day parts? 
Growth at Chobani, we think about growth in a lot of different ways. It starts with our core, where there's still, we believe, a lot more growth to be had in the yogurt category, moving beyond yogurt, and then thinking about what's next. And if I start just with our core, I mean, just to the remarks we made at the, the top of the, the podcast, yogurt is much more than just a breakfast food. And we've got a lot of different varieties to offer, including tasty treats for the afternoon, like Chobani Flip, dessert-like products, like Chobani Creations, which we just offered, higher protein offerings, we've got zero sugar. And so the role that yogurt can play in Greek yogurt in your life and your day part for your entire family has expanded quite a bit. And there's a ton of growth to be had in, in our core category, including even drinks, yogurt drinks on the go and higher protein forms of yogurt shakes. So tons of growth, I think, still in our core to help people really unpack and discover, I think, all the ways that yogurt could be a much more nutritious, delicious part of their everyday across all meals and day parts. And I think a lot of people didn't know this. Frankly, when I was interviewing, I was just kind of getting to know the company better. We're now an oat milk and creamer in categories that I think there's a lot of room for disruption, like we disrupted the Greek yogurt category, which is most people don't realize, I think 80%, according to our research, that their creamers that they put in their coffee every day don't actually have real cream. And so the ability to actually provide people a more clean and real ingredient product that has just the same great taste as what's on the market, I think it's a huge opportunity for disruption. And we're already seeing tremendous momentum there. We just brought in La Cologne into the family. And so ready to drink coffee. I mean, most people, I think it's 70% of people drink their coffee cold and not just in the summer. And so the ability for the ready to drink coffee market to explode even further, I think is, is ripe. Now we're in this space and again, trying to do very similar things in terms of real ingredients, less sugar, but all the same great taste that you get in other cold form lattes. A great opportunity there. And then of course, I can't tell you what we're thinking about next, but there will be other things that take us you know, further afield that kind of build on our strengths. So growth comes in lots of flavors. It's pretty amazing. On the La Colombe story, since it's so recent, I read the Fast Company article about at least the journalist's take on how the acquisition came to be. And I think it's powerful for this show because if I read the article and remember it correctly, you guys did a booth together at Expo West. And there was all this interest from all the buyers to buy both of you together from like a merchandising standpoint. And your founder was like, maybe this just shouldn't be a, a booth at a trade show, but an actual business strategy. So Hamdi has been attracted to La Cologne for many years um, and was drawn to it because of the craft and the taste of the coffee and the incredible story behind it. This is Philadelphia brand that's incredibly loved. And as you unpack the brand and get to know it, has just an, like a very loyal following. I mean, I have friends who live in Philadelphia that for the longest time would give guests who visit them in Philadelphia La Colombe coffee to go home with because they were that kind of dedicated and, and believers in the brand. And so there's just incredibly shared values. And as I've gotten to know the, the team there, there's just a, a simpatico that feels very natural. But you're right, like it's a, it's also a marriage made in heaven, coffee and cream, and they go very well together. So there's a lot of synergies from our operations to actually how you use the product that I think make this really just a perfect pairing. Let me ask you a question about it as you're thinking through all of these different things. You talked about oat milk, you talked about the broader snack portfolio, what I think is an interesting story because I'm the one who's telling it. But during COVID, I actually got exposed more to your portfolio because of supply chain. So every time I would get a recommended substitution, I would try something new. I would try a new flavor. I would try zero sugar. I would try a better few. And then I started getting replacement with things like oat milk and drinkable and all these other things. 
How do you think about the umbrella Chobani mm. brand in the context of the expansion? Yeah, that's a great question. And certainly one of the big things I need to tackle in my role, because I think as we've grown the portfolio in the core, as you just say, across you know other categories, how do we tell that story? How do we define what's Chobani across all these different products and platforms, right? And how does that show up such that when we do the next thing, you as a consumer immediately know what we have to offer and disrupting the next space because you've seen us do it time and time again. And that consistency and clarity is there. And so I think one of the opportunities we have is to connect our product more with our mission and our purpose and show how making yogurt could actually change the world. Or as Hamdi likes to say, it's maybe not a cup of yogurt that will change the world, but it's how we make it. And then how do you create in the middle the portfolio strategy that's the red thread across all those different products that you just listed so people immediately understand kind of what the Chobani ingredient is across all that. I think there's some work to be done, but what we stand for is delicious, nutritious, and accessible. And that last one, particularly in today's day and age with inflation and all the tightness of wallet and people's shopping cart, Accessible means not just available everywhere, but affordable. And we've really resisted a lot of the price increases that have come with inflation to make sure that our product is still something that more people can put on their tables. It's pretty amazing to see how this mission-driven organization has remained even at scale. Thomas, we got to ask you our famous last question, which is, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? I love this question. So the first thing that comes to mind for me is convincing the CEO of a company to run ads, paid ads, telling people not to use our products. So this happened in the early weeks of COVID. I was at Uber only at about six months into my time at Uber. And obviously we were all being asked to stay at home to prevent the spread of COVID. What better company than a movement company to tell people to stay home? We were all about safety and we were doubling down on what does it mean to be safe in our cars and safe to have food delivered home. But we thought it was really the best thing we could do is tell people actually just not to take an Uber because that was in all of our best interests. And the more that we can kind of quickly get through this, the, the better we'll all be. And so we put out ads on television telling people not to ride Uber for the interests and the, the betterment of, of everyone. And he'll tell you that was the first time he's ever told, you know, given a CMO money to tell people not to use their service. So that was one of the bravest things. And frankly, it was the right thing to do. And it, I think, also helped us as Uber repair some of the trust that we had lost in previous years. You're right. That's such a powerful brand moment and probably lives up on the mantle of, you know, Patagonia closing its doors during Black Friday. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Thomas, it's so awesome to hear about your journey into Chobani and what's going on in terms of a growth story there. At least in the New York metro area, all eyes are constantly on Chobani, but we hope globally too. And thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Great to chat. And hopefully I'll see you at the Chobani Cafe. Well, so fascinating to hear about Chobani's approach to growth and how they operate internally. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to think about how other organizations are creating growth, what levers are they using and how do they build a culture around innovation? A few episodes to check out. You can go listen to the CEO of Build-A-Bear, Sharon John, who talks about all different forms of IP that business is now bringing to market. You could also go check out a new entrant that's obviously disrupting the category with the CMO of Athletic Brewing, Andrew Katz. And if you want to think about how culture can create an environment of innovation, go check out an episode probably from a year ago, which is with Joy from 3M, 
who really dives deep into what it's like to be a marketer within an engineering organization. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, write a review, blast it on LinkedIn. Sarah and I appreciate that you are listening. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.